0: This morning on this beautiful morning where we get to praise and worship God. And one of the ways we do that, my favorite way, in fact, is by singing. So if you'll stand and join us.
1: This is the day that the Lord has made. I am going to rejoice and I am going to be glad in it. What about you? Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this day that you've made. That, Lord, we can come together and we can praise you. You deserve all the glory, you deserve all the praise, and that we will give to you today. Bless us today as we sing praises to you and to hear a word that would encourage us as we leave this place. In Jesus' name, amen. You're going to raise
2: a hallelujah.
1: Are you with me? Here we go. I melody. I raise a hallelujah.
2: I am Pastor Peyton, and we're going to spend some time talking about some of my favorite things. So we talk about our PEGS. Remember that that acronym that we use, P-E-G-S, prayer, engage, give, and serve. So I am so excited about this morning's PEGS because I think it hits all four categories. So I want to talk about shoes. I like shoes. I like to buy shoes. I also like to give shoes, and hopefully you like to give shoes too. So we had this idea. We are partnering with this um, nonprofit organization um, that collects gently used old shoes. And what they then do is they send them to other countries where that they provide jobs for individuals and families to help them support themselves, as well as the shoes then go to people who need shoes. So that's really cool. So pray, how does this work? So we can pray for our world, our church, our community, each and every time that we are collecting shoes. You can clean out your closet, you can talk to your neighbors, and so I'm thinking that this time of Lent is this great time to pray for our world, and in doing that, we can also share with our neighbors that we're collecting shoes to help families and individuals, etc. And guess what? It also gives to the church. How cool is that? So. We can give of ourselves a little bit, go collect shoes. I'm thinking 40 pairs, 40 days. Maybe that's a little ambitious, but it's, it's possible per person-ish, per family. But anyway, we can do everything that our PEGS calls us to do, pray, engage, give, and serve by collecting shoes that will help our community, our church, our world, and other families. So if you're in and you're online, give us a heart. And if you're in and you're here, give us a big cheer. Awesome. So there are boxes everywhere that you can drop off your shoes, and we will take care of the rest. So bring them in between now and Easter, and that will be our wonderful way to engage in our pegs over the next 40 days. (sighs) Okay, so we're going to take a breath now because I'm still here. Let's turn to a time of prayer together. Um, In all seriousness, let's let's start to quiet our souls and our hearts and bring ourselves to a place in the presence of God. If you would bow your heads. God of love and grace, our ways are not your ways. Our world is broken, and each and every place that we turn and we see, we see our hearts breaking. We see our hearts breaking for families fleeing to safety and fleeing their homes. We see our hearts breaking when bombs are bursting in the world that we live in that we called safe. We see our hearts breaking with those that we love when they are sick, whether it's through a pandemic or just illnesses or long-term illnesses that have a death sentence. We see our hearts break when loved ones transition from our world to your world, not because we don't know where they go, but because our hearts have a hole in them. Our world is indeed broken, Lord, and we are in need of your grace and healing today. As we come today, it's the first day of spring, and we look forward in this time to newness of life and the budding of new flowers and the renewal of the world around us and we are also seeking renewal and rebirth in our world and in our spirits and in our faith and in our churches and in our communities. Father God, we ask that you would renew our faith and spirit and fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may be on fire for you in the world we live in. Lord, help us to be your hands and feet, spreading the grace of Jesus Christ in everywhere that we go. We come before you with our own personal joys and concerns and hopes and dreams, and we ask, Lord, that you would hear our prayers. Father, we pray that we would be open to your voice in our lives, that we may see with new eyes and hear with new ears the direction that you have for us. Father, we pray for this gathering of your people, both here in the presence and in the world online, and as we come together as one, help us to flourish and grow in your love and grace for the purpose in which you have created us. We have come, Lord, as your servants. Hear our prayers for those who have touched us, for those who are in pain, for those who are ill, for those who grieve. May we touch the lives of all of those through our prayers, through our lives, through our actions, and through our love. God, guide us and bless us and uplift us and hold us. We are your children called for your purpose in your world. Hear our prayers, those spoken and hidden in our hearts, and hear us as we pray together the way Jesus taught us to pray. thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Please stand as we sing.
1: Would you stand with us as we sing together? The last line of this song said, May it be a sweet sound in your ear. So together, let's lift our voice and sing.
0: Morning. So I got a verse for us this morning that we get to wrestle with. Um, in fact, after I picked it, I said to Ann, Lukey, that's distracting. Sorry. <laughs> My friend Lukey and I, we got this. Um, so when I when I said to Ann, um, I always pick the scripture about a month out and I start writing notes and I was really wrestling it this week and I said to her, you know, I don't know why I even picked this one because it's, it was really something to wrestle with. And so I don't know that I got there still, but I'm going to at least give us stuff to think about, fair enough, um, during Lent. So the scripture is Luke 13, 1 through 9. Some who were present on that occasion told Jesus about the Galileans whom Pilate had killed while they were offering sacrifices. He replied... Do you think the suffering of these Galileans proves that they were more sinful than all the other Galileans? No. I tell you, but unless you change your hearts and lives, you will die just as they did. What about those 18 people who were killed in the Tower of Siloam when it fell on them? Do you think that they were more guilty of wrongdoing than everyone else who lives in Jerusalem? No. I tell you, but unless you change your hearts and lives, you will die just as they did. Jesus told this parable. A man owned a fig tree, planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit on it and found none. He said to his gardener, look, I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree for the past three years, and I've never found any. Cut it down. Why should it continue depleting the soil's nutrients? The gardener responded, Lord, give it one more year, and I'll dig around it and give it fertilizer. Maybe it will produce fruit next year. If not, then you can cut it down. Father God, we ask for your insight this morning. Holy Spirit, move us to understand what this word might say to us, what it means to us in this season of Lent This season of waiting and repentance. Help us to see your hand at work, amen. So prior to this passage, Jesus is talking about judgment and end times, and he's talking about being watchful and being discerning, um, recognizing the times that they live in and trying to figure it all out. And then this passage opens up with two stories of disasters. Neither story appears in other places in scripture or in fact in extra biblical writings. But we kinda know who Pilate is, right? It's, it's in keeping with his character that, that he would commit such an atrocity. And Siloam was part of the city wall near the pool. Um, perhaps it fell when it was under construction while they were trying to shore up the city's water supply. We don't really know all the details. So the crowd tells Jesus about Pilate killing some Galileans and Jesus responds with this story of his own, the one of the 18 killed when the tower fell. The crowd seems to be asking Jesus about judgment and sin. Why did this happen to these Galileans? Why did they die? Did they deserve it? Did they do something? Are they responsible for their fate? Yeah, we've heard these questions before, right? probably just yesterday. When bad things happen, when atrocities happen, when horrendous events happen, we have questions. Um, And it's common belief at the time that you must have sinned, that your sin directly causes your suffering. Uh, Remember when Jesus gets asked about his healing of the blind man, and someone says, so who sinned, him or his parents? But Jesus responds, he rejects that claim. Right? He tells them no one, and he responds here, rejecting the claim. The Galileans' sin had nothing to do with their fate, just as the 18 lost at the tower. These people didn't die because they were worse sinners. It's not like this little level thing, right? They're sinners, just like everyone else, just like us, just like me. Their deaths illustrate that judgment will happen. It will happen to everyone because events like these can happen to anyone at any time and we don't know when. All will be judged and all need to repent and he tells them over and over, change your hearts and lives. It's true God will judge our behavior yet he offers us the opportunity to repent. It leaves us with an obligation to trust God To live into that trust in God's kingdom living it's not a game where we get to to gain favor or loss by our behavior you know if I just give to this charity it's one of God's favorites he'll take good care of me right it's not that kind of thing but we seek a relationship with God and we trust in him for his provision for his goodness Jesus goes on further with this point with this little parable of the fig tree, and you, you might not know this doesn't appear in Matthew or Mark, although there is, um, there is a little fig tree that Jesus curses and it dies, it's not the same fig tree, you'll be happy to know. So the parable goes, a man owned a fig tree, he plants it in his vineyard, he comes looking for fruit, as he has done many times before, for three years in fact. He never finds it, and he says, cut it down. You know, it's wasting my resources. Why am I going to keep pouring into this if it's not going to bear fruit? And the gardener, you know, kind of shows us God's grace and mercy. Just give it one more year. I'm going to dig around it. I'm going to feed it. I'm going to give it what it needs. I'm going to maybe nurture it a little, and, and maybe it'll produce fruit next year. And if not, then you can cut it down the owner's been patient he's waited for three years for this plant to bear fruit but his patience is done you know he's willing now to cut it down it really shows us god's patience but it shows us his judgment too there will come a time when you will have had to make a decision it scares all of us i think a little bit to think about it you will run out of time change your hearts and lives. Repent. No. God wants for us a genuinely changed heart. But change is not easy. Anybody who's ever made a New Year's resolution, right? We know change is not easy. I remember um, as a young teenager, I was foolish enough to start smoking. And when we moved down here, my husband got a job as a police officer and he had to do the running and all that stuff. And so we both decided to quit um, to support each other. Hardest thing to do, right? And I was only a light smoker and only for a few years and I know how hard it was. He was much stronger at smoking and it took us a while. We had to really support each other, but we did it. Um, One resource I used when I was reading about the scripture talks about the three basic things for genuine change Um, to be successful truth care or love and time change takes truth notice the owner this tree hasn't borne fruit he recognizes it he calls it out it's hard truth are you bearing fruit do people see evidence of the fruit in your life the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness how about self-control do people see evidence of that in you? You need to search yourself to know what needs work. We each do. And, and we need to take the time to get into the scripture, to listen for God's word, to help our hearts change. We can only change for the good if we're truthful. Because if you don't recognize it, you can't fix it, right? Sometimes we need someone else to point it out to us. Um, And trust me, I know nobody likes to be corrected. Um, I had a friend, and this is just a silly one, but um, when quinoa came out and it was all the rage. Well, if you look at the box, it says quinoa. It does. That's how it's spelled. Q-U-I, right? N-O-A. And so that's what I was calling it, because I didn't know better. Until a sweet friend said to me, you know it's quinoa, right? And literally showed me where on the box it says how to pronounce it, quinoa. I trusted her, I don't like to be corrected, but it was good because then I didn't keep making the same mistake. So sometimes we need people to call us out so that we don't keep doing the same mistake. We're working through a a study called, When Making Others Happy Is Making You Miserable. The author talks about the importance of truth telling because of that, because you need to know the truth to make any real changes. Do you have someone you trust? someone that will skip the little white lies and the half-truths to help you grow. God will use his truth to help you if you let him in. Change takes care and love. Um, The gardener says, I'll dig around it and give it fertilizer. Change requires tending to. It takes compassion, both yours extended to others and others to pour it into you. It takes God's love, the truth of the gospel, the promise of his unrelenting compassion in Jesus Christ. That's what enriches our hearts. That's what helps us to change. How are you tending to your soul? Who pours into you? Who are you pouring into? I have a core group of people that I can really trust to be truthful and to help tend to me. How about you? And finally, change takes time. The gardener says, give it one more year. Not everyone changes immediately. I know when I first started to become a more active Christian, when I had done my first Bible study, and I was in my 30s. I'm a late bloomer, a little slow on the uptake. um, I recognized that I was getting these little earworms, you know, the songs that go through your head and loop and loop and loop. Um, And as I said to you, this is the way I worship. Song is my primary worship. And so I wanted to kind of replace those earworm songs that were not necessarily lyrics that I needed to live my life by, although really fun um, songs to listen to. So I started trying to listen to Christian radio. Um, I found a station that I liked that was contemporary Christian, so it's not kind of the old stuff that, that you know my parents' Christian music, it was kind of this fresher, newer thing. And so I would try to make myself put it on the radio at least for a few minutes in the car every time I got in the car. But I had to make myself do it. And I noticed over time that I had to make myself not do it. you understand what I'm saying? That that became my primary. But it took time. And I look back and say, wow, yay, I did it. But in the midst of trying to do it, I was so frustrated with myself for not being able to just do it. Change takes time. Not everyone grows and changes at the same pace. So we give children a lot of grace with this. At least I do. I see my grandkids struggle. I see them trying to change and to grow and to to get concepts. And I will patiently explain to Jack 82 times if that's what it takes, right? But you give me another adult and I'm gonna draw the line at two or three. I don't have the same level of patience with adults, but the truth is we need to have that level of patience with ourselves especially. We offer grace and patience. Can't we do it for ourselves? Can't we accept it? Do we recognize our need for patience, or are we just you know, kind of in a hurry just to get it done? I'm going to check that. Yep, I changed. Check. Off my list, right? What that means for us as members of God's family that we... We not only learn how to to show his truth and to his love with the gospel but we have to be among the few in this world who practice patience, the P word, patience. We have to be willing to wait. We have to be willing to give it time. And we've got to wait so that the people that we love can grow, so we can grow. And we've got to learn to wait so that the world can be as fruitful and as beautiful as God makes it possible. But we do take notice that God does act. This is the part I wrestled with. God does judge. But if you'll notice that that truth can help us be set free, okay, how? Um, When we wonder how long we should hold on to something or hold on to a situation, we, we can feel free to set boundaries. We can love people and wait for them to grow and change, and we can extend them the truth and the love and the care, probably for longer than our first instinct would be, but we can't wait forever. At some point, it's okay to wish them well, and as Jesus says, you know, shake the dust off your feet and move forward. In fact, you know, many times knowing that you have the freedom to move on from a situation actually gives you the strength to keep going through it. Um, I, I always do a Lenten sacrifice. It's something I grew up with. And um, I give up something to me that um, requires me to be thoughtful but not hateful, if that makes sense. Um, so I give up meat and chocolate are my two for this year. I've given up different things different years. And... It isn't easy, but the fact that I know that it's only a set number of weeks makes it easier to accept the situation, right? I will get those chocolate bunny ears on Easter Sunday. And Lent is the perfect time for us to work out our changes, to turn our lives around, to repent, to genuinely change our hearts and lives. You know, we can take the time in this season to really evaluate where we can improve or where we need to let go I have a prayer that I'd like to share with you Ash Wednesday has come and gone and we sadly admit oh God that some of the promises we made to you on that day have fallen by the wayside we pledged to spend daily time with you in prayer and the busyness of our days has taken the place of the time we vowed to spend quietly with you. Our determination to read your word each day has been pushed aside by emails demanding our attention. We pledged to change the way we live our lives during Lenten travels, and here we are, already off course. In these moments of quietude, O God, help us to pick up the cross and try again. Our determination might lag, but you do not. Our goals might change, but you do not. In the sure knowledge of your constant love and certain presence with us, as we journey to Jerusalem and beyond, we offer our gratitude and commitment to follow the footsteps of your Son, Jesus Christ. I hope you see now, why I wrestled with this passage a little bit. I struggled to balance the truth that I need to hear to make my changes. I hope that you will too in this Lenten season. Amen.
1: Would you stand as we sing our song? When I say stand and sing our song, I mean stand and sing with us. I correct myself.
0: Jesus, we love you. Help us to respond to your word. Help us to give where you need us to give. Help us be the hands and feet where you would have us. Send us forth. Help us seek truth. Give love and use our time to show the world who you are. Help us to seek genuine change for our hearts and lives. Amen. Amen.